0: And double check that Manila is. Manila's in the Philippines, right? Manila's in okay, the Philippines. Okay, yes. It's okay. <laughs> In order to be like, that's in Polynesia. Sup nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined by my trusted co-host. The current heat situation in New York City to me wanting it to go away with every fiber of my being, but knowing that this is probably the coldest summer I'll have for the rest of my life. It's Adam Amoala. Adam, how's it going?
1: Uh, you know, it would be going worse <laughs> if I were playing in the U.S. Open. I mean, it would be going better, but it would be going worse. You know what I mean? Like, I wish that were my life, but it would be <laughs> difficult.
0: Yeah, you would, and not only would you be a professional tennis player, you'd be a professional tennis player in the semifinals. That'd be pretty good. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I take it back. I I don't know why I said that. I would play in the U.S. Open if
0: it were two hundred degrees. Well, hey, you know, in 10 years, we just might get there. That's but true. But this is a basketball podcast. So let's talk about basketball. Let's get ready to talk about said basketball in the best place to do so. And you know what's a place that's got great central air conditioning and is always perfectly climate controlled, which is 69 degrees. That is the Teal Memorial nice. locker room. Nice, 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 <laughs> nice, 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 It's just a nice temperature. It is good for all of us that like to make those jokes that it is just like a nice, cool temperature when you want it to be very cold, not like normal Room temperature.
1: Yeah, but I'm really bothered by a by an odd number.
0: Oh, I, okay, interesting.
1: Anytime I'm setting like the temperature or something in a car or in a home, I, I'm really an even number guy. I can't control or explain why. It's just how my brain works.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well there you are, and you know, <laughs>
1: I'm sensing a bit of judgment from you, honestly, uh, and I you know I don't <laughs> appreciate. It.
0: I've never heard of anyone having aversion to odd numbers before, but. Hey, everyone's got feel. their stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to kink shame you. Yeah? <laughs> I don't know if it's a kink per se, but <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> what do you have the degrees set to, and what do you have the temperature set to in here? 72. <gasps> you know me so well. Well, that's why. I mean,
1: if it had been 49 or 51 shades of gray, I couldn't have gotten into it. But given that it was 50, I mean.
0: What does it for you in the book? Oh, the number 50. It's just, it's so even. Just the number.
1: Yeah, none none of the other stuff. Just the number.
0: It's divisible by two. All right, now let's, uh, we're in the Teal Memorial locker room. You know who's enjoying the Teal Memorial locker room as well?
1: Probably our producer level patrons. And I hope we have an even number of them. My God. Oh,
0: let's not count them just in case. But... Shout out to all of our patrons, and yes, shout out to our producer-level patrons. Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa. Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Don't Go Chasing, Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Roast Beef Debris, How About Them World Champion, Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curry's documentary is really good, and Adam highly recommends it. I do, bang. Hi, Trish, Nicole Shepard, Stubby Boardman Gets Paid, Chase Underulo, Mr. Bubbles Plays Ball, Naked Rachel, Sydney Crosby is a Vampire, Ginger Spurs Boy, and Josh Isn't Rich. Now, everyone may have heard... Nicole's last name changed. We've got a message from Nicole. Do you want to read
1: that out, Adam? Sure. We got a message from Nicole Shepard, formerly Nicole Arsenal. Now, the interesting thing is, as of this recording, Nicole is still Nicole Arsenal. But yeah. on September 9th, two days from now, by the time Nicole listens to this episode, Nicole will be Nicole Shepard because Nicole is getting married. So a huge congratulations goes out to Nicole and to the Shepard that uh, that Nicole is marrying. Congratulations to you two and, uh, and hope it was a wonderful day.
0: Yes. What a fun little time bubble we have found ourselves in right in between in the Schrodinger's wedding. But we're very happy <laughs> and excited for you both. Congrats. Super cool stuff. And... Glad you're sticking around as a patron at the producer level as well. You know what else is super cool to have? Probably a sponsor. It is super cool to have a sponsor. And this sponsor for this episode, not only is cool in that we get to be sponsored, but it's also cool in that they do good things for the world. That's Tab for a Mm. Cause. Tab for a Cause is the easiest way to raise money for charity. You just go to tabforacause.org slash horse. You install in your browser in a couple clicks. Every time you open a tab, you raise money for charity. It's super simple. We'll do our tab check, Adam. How many tabs are you rocking right now?
1: I got to tell you, pretty good day for me. Uh, For you, it would be a terrible day, but for me, 14, pretty low. Nice. Okay.
0: I have one. (laughs) I will say in my defense, or I guess in my not in my offense, in the this was easy for me. I just
1: <laughs> I like that as a new phrase. We should start. Using in my it.
0: offense, uh, I will yeah. say that I was just coming from the train where internet didn't exist because it was an sure. NJ Transit train, so I had no need to have any tabs open previously. So to conserve battery, I just closed them all out, and I was doing editing work okay, of enough. other podcast nature, mm-hmm. and all I did was open up the GChat tab so that I could send you. The link to this. <laughs> now, Zoom. was it was it an old NJ
1: Transit train or a new NJ Transit train? Because there's only I, one. There's one of two extremes. There's either the oldest train
0: you've ever seen, or a very nice train. It was old. It was an old one. But you know, yeah. it got us where we needed to be on That's time. True. And you know what else can help you? Tab for a cause. It can help the world. <laughs> Install it today. Going to t a b f o r a c a u s e dot slash horse. Get it going. It's super simple, and you raise money for charity when you're already going to use the internet anyway. So it's good stuff. Start using it today. Now, with that complete, we're going to break for some other ads. Some of those ads will be read by us. Others of them won't. The ones that are not read by us are inserted locally. So if you live internationally, you might hear an ad in your country's native language. But once those ads are complete, we'll get back to the rest of this episode of Horse.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.
0: What do you got going on in your life?
1: Well, I would say the main thing that I have coming up is the uh, the big show in Chicago. That's going to be on Tuesday, September nineteenth. So when you're listening to this, it's a uh, a week from tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, please do go ahead and buy tickets. We'll make sure to provide a link for that. Other than that, I guess we're this kind of a cross promotion, but uh, it's looking pretty official that I will be joining Mr. Schubert on his Philly and New York shows. That is Saturday and Sunday. Is it the twenty first and twenty second of
0: October? That is correct. Wrecked. Philly the 21st New York, the 22nd of October.
1: Indeed. indeed. So I'm working on potentially doing a, a Philly show of my own that Friday before October 20th. So keep an eye out for updates on that. I'm also working on setting up a Boston show the first week of November, or first weekend of November, mm-hmm. I should say. And then other than that, I think that's mostly it. I forget if I mentioned this the last time, but uh, but Undercover Comic, the show that I was the, the lead in, is now streaming on Tubi for free. So you don't even have to pay $5 for it. Although I think it's worth four ninety nine but you can stream it on Tubi for free, hopefully internationally. I don't really know how that works if you're outside of the U.S., but either way, I'll post a link to that as well. That is it for me. What do you have going on?
0: Yes, yeah, so we've got those shows coming up in October. Got a show in Vienna, Virginia in September. And then just now... they people are listening to it. The tickets just went live on Friday for a big Texas run of shows that I'm doing. I'm going to the big four. So I'm going to Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, and Houston, I believe in that order, December 13th, 15th, 17th, 19th. And those will be some TNO shows. Some of them will be half TNO, half Potterless. So if you want links to the tickets and a breakdown of what's happening at each show, at least what podcasts they're about. You can go to my website, Shoobs. So S-C-H-U-B dot slash tour. It'll be fun. It'll be good and goofy. And I'm excited to finally make the prophesized Texas holiday run happen. I always talked about doing it and just like never materialized. And now it's finally happening.
1: It's a good idea because, yeah, I assume you'll be there for Christmas and for the holidays. Like I, exactly. I try to do the same thing where I'll headline like the stress factory before mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, a club in New Jersey for anybody wondering what I'm talking about. Obviously, it's easier for me because I can just take a train there anytime, but right. point is, it's nice to uh, to do shows in conjunction with also having some family, family
0: time. Yeah, Magical Dream World, I would just like set it up. I would love if I got to a point where like with touring things, I just had like the same things and I just did them like every year. It was like cool, every mid-December, do those four. like I would love it. And just Why not? Be like, Oh, come to this city. I'd be like, no, I'm old now. I'm only going to these cities. <laughs> I think that's great. I think you should start doing
1: that maybe this is the first year of many years that you'll do that right i
0: hope so i hope so i mean i've kind of like stumbled into that accidentally where i keep doing like a new york show every fall because like the right. v- same venue has me back so like yeah if i eventually just materialize a, an annual schedule it would make my life so easy sounds great but that's what i've got going on i don't know if that there's anything else so let's continue into the basketball stuff and the beginning of that will be full court press get it the news i do is there news There is news. There is news. Let's first start with the WNBA, where the WNBA playoffs are approaching. And the prophecy that we had set forth in the beginning of the season of, huh, does it feel like it's just going to be Aces versus Liberty has kind of played (laughs) out where they are miles above the other teams. But the rest of the playoff stuff should be pretty interesting. We'll see if someone makes a run of, you know, the Cinderella nature, a la NCAA, sometimes where you'll see people blitz their way through the playoffs. Maybe that could still happen, but fun stuff going on, and there's also fun individual award stuff going on. So earlier in the season, Brianna Stewart broke Diana Taurasi's record for most points scored in a season, which was mm-hmm. 831, I believe, or 831 surpassed it. Like maybe 830 was the record, so <laughs> Brianna Stewart did it earlier. Jewel Lloyd who used to be Brianna Stewart's teammate on the Seattle Storm before Brianna Stewart went to the Liberty. Jewel Lloyd just passed that number like a couple of days Mm -hmm. ago. So now we have two people at a record-breaking pace in the same season, and it will be interesting to see who finishes on top. Brianna has the lead right now, but Because the Liberty are so many games ahead, though they are still fighting with the Aces for the number one seed, I don't know if they'll do one of those things where they rest Brianna maybe the last game or two of the season, Mm -hmm. and then Jewel keeps playing because the Storm are not very good. So who cares? So that's at least an interesting thing. Now, this WNBA season was a couple of games longer. It was 35 games, and I believe last season was 31, so mm-hmm. a little bit longer. But we haven't gotten into the – I don't think we've gotten in eh, – no, I think we have gotten into the extra game territory. So, like, I don't know. I don't think people are going to be like, oh, it's an asterisk award now. Like, right, I, right, right. I, I, I clock WNBA fans as pretty chill. So I don't <laughs> think people are going to be like baseball, angry fans, baseball reference, I guess, when people are like, oh, yeah. no, Roger Maris's home run record didn't count because B- – Babe Ruth bad less games. And then Judge did it in fewer games. It was anyway. Yeah. Uh I am excited to see that go on. And when the playoffs come around, it'll be it'll be fun. We've got some people fighting to get in, like the sparks are fighting their way in, the sky are fighting their way in too. So drama is approaching. And then of course, playoffs are always just ripe for it.
1: Absolutely, we'll have to get either either Jordan Robinson, formerly Jordan Liggins. Mm-hmm. Is, is is Jordan now Jordan Liggins Robinson or just Jordan Robinson? I think just Jordan Robinson.
0: I wonder. I wonder if it's a personal versus professional thing, since Jordan had been doing some broadcasting things as Liggins. So either way, be, Jordan's great, and we'll yeah. have to get her back on the pod, uh, among
1: other people. But in the in the spirit of there always being a horse recording curse, did you know? I'm sure you did we talked about some, like, season accomplishments in terms of individual accomplishments. On the evening of the night that we last recorded an episode of Horse, which was August 22nd, Asia Wilson tied the single-game high-score record with 53 points. Asia Wilson dropped 53 a couple weeks ago. So uh, pretty ridiculous stuff, honestly.
0: Yeah. Asia Wilson having a very good year, and the Aces just demolishing teams. Just demolishing them. It will be... Tough to imagine any other matchup besides Aces Liberty, but, yeah, you got to get there. You got to get there. Now, outside of WNBA stuff, I think we've got mostly FIBA things to discuss here, where the Federal International Basketball Association— What is the F in FIFA and FIBA? Feels like federal. But, like, what federate—I guess it's a federation of sports— I'm gonna I Google FIBA so. stand for the International F-
1: Feder- Basketball Federation International de Basketball. Uh,
0: yes, it is. Cool. That is that. So, yeah, the FIBA World Cup is going on right now, which I didn't realize until a podcast pointed it out. It's funny that in basketball, no one really cares about the FIBA World Cup, but they do care about the Olympics. And then in soccer, yeah. nobody really cares about the Olympics, but they do care about the World Cup.
1: That is very interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Is it because the history of FIBA just isn't there? Like the World Cup has been Mm -hmm. around for so much longer and it like has that place in society, whereas FIBA is like kind of a a newer thing?
0: I guess so. And I think that probably the Olympic basketball was more popular first, and I also wonder if this is in both sports or one or the other. Like, There's always different rules for who qualifies for each of the things, Mm -hmm. and I wonder if that contributes to one being more popular than the other. But regardless, the FIBA World Cup for basketball is going on. Some countries care more than others. The USA has a pretty solid team there, but definitely not our best team. We do have two New York Knickerbockers there, which is making me very happy, and Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart are both playing pretty well. But we did lose one game so far to Lithuania, but we have been doing quite well in all the other games. It is currently in the semifinals, which at least on FIBA's website calls it the half finals. (laughs) Like It says quarterfinals and then one over two finals, which I guess makes sense. But... Right now, it is USA versus Germany in the quarterfinals and then it's Serbia versus Canada on the other end, Mm. which is very interesting. I mean, the Canadian team is really solid. The Serbian team is very solid as well. And then the Germany team has been doing quite well. So four really solid teams remain. I think they will be very fun games. We will just have to see who reigns supreme. There was some drama abound in that. France got bounced early, which didn't look good because Rudy Gobert was on the team and he played kind of poopy-ish. And then <gasps> you... Yep, yep. Kind of poopy-ish. I'll go as far as to say it. And then you had... Uh, this episode's gonna be marked as explicit. Yeah, maybe even double explicit. And then we had <laughs> Dylan Brooks... As opposed to half explicit. Yes. Oh, right. Semi-explicit. Like the half, yeah. like the half finals. <laughs> the one over two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then you also had a game, Canada versus Slovenia, where Luka Doncic and Dylan Brooks both got ejected because they were taunting and complaining and all this stuff. So we had some grumpy boys in FIBA. And then Dylan
1: Brooks was waiting in the in the hallway to the uh-huh. locker room with the with, boxing, with gloves. boxing
0: gloves waiting for his teammates for like playful punching i don't it's just it's been a really i've i've been a dylan brooks hater for a very long time yeah, and you're i feel so so vindicated in these past two years <laughs> like it's been a real yeah. bad run that's exactly how brooks. i feel about
1: aaron Rodgers. where like once he mm. came out as like an anti-vax guy everyone was like oh this guy's a jerk and i was like i've been saying this for 15 years <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I did just see Hamilton last night, and it is reeking of have you ever seen a man ruin his own life? But then Dylan Brooks did get paid a lot of money by the Houston Rockets. So, like, I'm sure it's he's true, fine. Yeah. yeah. Is it, like, he torched his reputation, but still got paid a huge contract. So, like, yeah, I don't know. Go for it. Where are it? these games being played, by the way? Do you know? They are being played in the Philippines, in ah. Manila. Oh. So, that's all what's going on with FIBA. A similar thing that was very small that did take. NBA Twitter of players by storm. Did you see the thing where Noah Lyles, the runner, got mad at the NBA for sometimes calling themselves world champions instead of NBA champions after he won the world champion of sprinting?
1: Mm, I did not see that. What an interesting beef.
0: It was a weird thing where it was like, it's like when people tweet things and they're like fighting with people who don't actually exist kind of thing. Right. (laughs) But Noah Lyles The subtweeting no one. Yeah, exactly. He made some comment basically saying, like, oh, I'm the world champion and he used the NBA as an example, but it did kind of feel like he had rehearsed it beforehand and had thought about it, but he was like, oh, they say world champions. You're not the world champion. You just won your league. It's like, well, dude, like 135 out of the 450 players in the league are international. And it's also the best league in the world. Like, it would be different, like, in soccer, where there's lots of very good leagues. There is the Premier League, but there's some other, like, really good leagues too.
1: Yeah, like, if the MLS called themselves the world championship, (laughs) you'd be like, no, 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 no. You're, You're not the best league in the world. Right. But I think i do think that when you are the best league in the world you kind of do get to say that like i mean i I guess you could make the case that you know should the mlb champions play the the championship winning team in japan and in korea in the dr wherever else they're professional baseball teams but like i think the consensus would be that the best nba mlb uh you know NFL teams certainly like are also the best in the world. I don't think
0: this is a problem because I don't feel like lots of people would say oh the world champion Denver Steam Nuggets. Like they usually just say like the NBA mm-hmm. champion Denver Nuggets, you know? So, right. I don't think Well, they they rarely say the steamed because they never yeah, they always leave that part out, which is weird. But <laughs> I know there are some teams when they have their banners in their arenas where they will say world champions, I feel like it's just, it is needless. Like we could probably just say NBA champions and it would be more precise, but I'm also like not going to get mad. But it was weird for Noah Lyles to call it out because I don't feel like that many people call them world champions. If anything, make fun of baseball for calling it the world series. Like it is decidedly not the world series. No, it is. It is the north american series or yeah. like the mlb series but like of all the sports to call out basketball felt strange now yeah. we've talked about international basketball there's one other thing i wanted to talk about have you seen the recent trend that's going around in the korean basketball league where there are players yes, the shooting 80 from the free throw line when banking them in it's so cool
1: you know, it's something that I've often thought about for bad free throw shooters. Like if you're mm-hmm. if you're already shooting fifty percent, how much worse could it be if you're Chris Humphreys or or Shaq to just try? Like in the way that um what the hell's his name on the Spurs was shooting like one armed free throws because yes. Popovich was like, Yeah, good. Jeremy Sochan, yes, or Sohan yeah, yeah.
0: or Sochan. I'm not so, exactly sure how to say so it. Sochan, sha- S-O-C-H-A-N, Jeremy. Yes. <laughs> but in any case.
1: If you're already bad, like, it's hard for me to imagine Steph Curry being like, yeah, I'm going to start banking in free throws. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, apparently it's been quite effective. So Mm -hmm. 80%, right?
0: Yes, 80%. Like, some of the best players in the league do it. And the bank shot, for anyone unfamiliar, it's when you shoot it off of the backboard and then into the hoop. And it is something that, like, scientifically does make sense in that it does reduce the momentum of the ball and therefore makes it more likely to roll in if it hits the rim just because slower projectile is more likely to kind of stay in the circle. Like it's just physics. (laughs) But it's something that not many people will do because it's different than like the normal motion because you're so used to trying to shoot it to where it swishes is what you're going for. But you have players and great players that played not too long ago, like Tim Duncan. He used to feast off the glass. He used to do lots of bank shots. Yeah, Scottie
1: Pippen, a great
0: great glass player. Right, so I agree. I think that this is not necessarily like everybody who's shooting free throws should convert to this, but if you're garbage at free throws, like why not just try stuff? But it does go back to like the Rick Barry, Wilt Chamberlain thing, Mm -hmm. where Rick Barry did the underhand free throws. He didn't care how he looked and he shot well from the free throw line and Wilt Chamberlain was garbage and then he had one season where he shot them underhand and he was great or at least league average like 70 ish percent but then he didn't like people making fun of him for not looking cool so then he switched back and shot like 40 something percent it's like yeah that's the biggest reason that I don't think it would ever
1: happen in the NBA is that like people are too concerned about looking cool
0: which is so weird because like isn't it more embarrassing to be bad at something than it is think so
1: it's always embarrassing in basketball it's like a weird kind of unwritten thing where if you bank a shot in without calling it people Mm -hmm. like oh you got lucky right if you shoot a three from the top of the key and you bank it in nobody's like oh what a great shot they're like okay you missed that by three feet and got lucky Mm -hmm. but if you are intentionally doing it then I think there's skill involved in that too
0: yeah a hundred percent and I feel like you make so much more money if you're better at free throw shooting like it's just it's better for your team it's better for you and honestly if you just embrace it like mm. no one would make fun. of I, I really couldn't think of people clowning this anyone for doing it. But like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just hashtag built different because there was a game when I played in high school. I used to jump on my free throws even in high school because it was just like more true to my shooting form. And I was mm-hmm. smaller until I had my growth spurt. And I did have a game where people were making fun of me for jumping on my free throws, but then I went like ten of ten from the line. There you go. So it's like, who? It does. I'm score. You know, the crowd, the people, like students at the school, were like actively making fun of me on the sidelines. I could not care less. I made ten points at the free throw line. Who cares? The results are right there, baby. You can't argue with the results.
1: I totally agree. Now, uh, last thing, real quick. This was, uh, I guess, I should have done this in my in my promotion, but this is not self promotion. Um, I am playing in a uh, in a three on three tournament this coming weekend. I'm going to be really rusty. I need to go shoot a basketball tomorrow because I have not played in a long (laughs) time. But um, it is for a very good cause, and I will tell you about it. So if anybody uh, is feeling generous and wants to contribute, you can do so. It's called The Big Wolkowski. Is a friend of mine, Joel Wolkowski, who's been doing this tournament for many, 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 many years. I've probably played in it every year for the last like 10 years. It's been going on for a while. But the, uh, the goal of the tournament this year, it's a fundraiser for the Wheelchair Sports Federation, um, and they're hoping to raise $5,000 to cover the cost of an athletic wheelchair for a recently disabled child. So, I mean, nice. hard to think of a, a better cause than that. So I'll share a, uh, a link to that as well. And if anybody's feeling particularly generous or wants to throw a couple bucks their way, uh, it, all, it all goes to a good cause. And uh, hopefully it'll also go to a little bit of ice for my old legs.
0: hmm <laughs> Well, that's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And a good note to end full court press. Get it like the news. You want to hit us with that three on three, Adam Momoella? I sure do.
1: One, two, three, three, two, one, three on three. So, as all of our listeners know, baseball references have become uh, kind of a running theme here at Horse. And my three on three today is inspired by a recent baseball event. My beloved Chicago Cubs have been playing great baseball over the past few months and recently called up a rookie pitcher by the name of Jordan Wicks. His second start in the major leagues was on his 24th birthday, and he had himself a great day, allowing only one run and earning the win. But it got me thinking, that must be an awesome way to celebrate your birthday. And I wonder what the best birthday performances in NBA Ah, history are. Now for the purposes, indeed, now for the purposes of making my life easier, I'm going to do this list by the book and just use points scored as my metric. So without further ado, I present the three top birthday scoring performances divided by Eastern and Western conferences. What's interesting about this list is that by virtue of the fact that the NBA has no games from mid-June until the end of October, there are some iconic players who never got to play a game on their birthday. Mm. Such players include Wilt Chamberlain, born on August 21st, Kobe Bryant, famously born on 824, Dirk Nowitzki, born on June 19th, Kevin Durant, born on September 29th, and Karl Malone, born on July 24th. But if you know anything about Karl Malone, you probably know he's not too concerned about date of birth. All right, (laughs) let's go ahead and get into
0: (laughs) the... Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. If you know, you know. One thing I really do appreciate, because I still do go on Reddit NBA quite a bit. And it is getting a little more and more sad. I can tell that I am way older than the average mm. user because people post things like "How good was Shack?" It's like, oh God, oh no. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, one thing I do appreciate about the youths, even though they will get certain things wrong, everyone hates Carl Malone. Univ- like the universal right. hatred of Carl Malone is so so fantastic, and mm-hmm. I really appreciate. Like Gen Z's got their heads on right In a lot of ways, and the universal hatred of Carl Malone on Reddit NBA, it's just music to my eyes. (laughs) All
1: right, let's start with the Eastern Conference because the Western Conference holds claim to the player with the highest birthday point total. Mm -hmm. At number three in the East, we have none other than the GOAT himself, Michael Jordan, who shares a birthday with noted podcaster and pickleball hater Mike Schubert. (gasps) Did you know, though, Shubes, that on the very day you were born, unless (sighs) I'm mistaken, February 17th, 1992? That's the one. On that very day, Michael Jordan celebrated his 29th birthday and celebrated by scoring 46 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers. No surprise there, of course, given MJ's proclivity for bullying the Cavs. And this night was no exception as Jordan dropped 46 points on 21 of 32 shooting, adding six rebounds and four assists for good measure. Now, it was Cleveland who would get the last laugh winning the game by one, but no doubt MJ took that personally and made them Mm. pay for it down the line.
0: Mm, love that. Cool. Exactly. Very fun. Thanks for the
1: go. gift, Mike. I appreciate exactly. it. <laughs> on the day you turned 0, I
0: guess? On the, yeah, on the day I was open to turn when I started. <laughs> I was open for started. business. Yes. <laughs> that
1: sounds weird. Um all right, let's move on. At number 2 in the Eastern Conference, we have LeBron James, who is actually considered mm-hmm. to be the best birthday player in NBA history. Did you know mm. that?
0: Is it just in that like he consistently does well on his birthdays.
1: Yeah. It sounds silly to say, but LeBron actually holds the birthday record for points scored at 19 years old, 25 years old, 36 years old, and 38 years old. I found a great article that listed the highest point totals for every birthday, and Bron is on the list four times. It gets kind of sad towards the end because the last entry is Vince Carter, who holds the record for most points scored on a 43rd birthday with five.
0: Yeah. Hey,
1: uh, woo, yeah. yeah Vince. Vince Carter, by the way, very useful in Immaculate
0: Grid. Oh, yeah, he's been on a lot of teams. Jeff Green also. Jeff Green, Mm, he's been on quite a few rosters.
1: Fortunately, that record will be shattered by LeBron in a few years, no doubt. But uh, in any case, LeBron will appear on both of these lists. But his Eastern Conference entry came on his 25th birthday as a member of the Cavaliers. On December 30th, 2009, LeBron dropped an impressive 48 points in a win against the Atlanta Hawks. LeBron scored those 48 points on an uber-efficient 15 of 23 from the field and he added 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. Now, I don't remember what I was doing on my 25th birthday, but it sure as hell wasn't that. Uh, For reference, LeBron's other birthday records include scoring 22 points on his 19th birthday, scoring 26 points on his 36th birthday, and a point total to be discussed later on his 38th birthday.
0: Uh Oh, cool. Mm. Go, Braun. He feels like a guy who would take his birthdays really seriously. It just, it doesn't... (laughs) Surprise me at all
1: oh is he one of those people that's like it's my birthday month oh now, gosh once you're an adult you get a day maybe a weekend before or after don't give me Look, a birthday month
0: you get it it's it's your and, and this is i know one of my maybe hotter takes or my like mm-hmm. most old man yells at cloud but like it's called your birthday you get a day yeah i can understand birthday weekend just in the, like if you're an adult and you can't have mm-hmm. like a party on a wednesday she's sure. got a nine to five i get it but yeah. it is called your birthday So to say birthday week, no, you have a birthday. I
1: think we might get some hate for this, but I think I have to say, I agree with your take here. Look, you get, you get one. That's fair. Everyone gets one. It's the rules. This is going to be a completely random (laughs) that I'm going to throw out to you. Do you have any guesses as to who the number one Eastern Conference scoring player would be?
0: Eastern Conference number one. I will say, I'm just going to guess Carmelo Anthony.
1: That's a good guess, that is a good guess. It is, I'll give you one more guess, I'll give you a clue. Think Atlanta Hawks, think a while ago.
0: (gasps) Josh Smith?
1: A while ago, ago, ago.
0: Dominique Wilkins.
1: There you go. Dominique (laughs) Wilkins at number one in the Eastern Conference. We have Dominique, a player most remembered for his dunking, but in my view, a very underrated player in terms of his Mm -hmm. overall skill set. On January 12th, 1987, Dominique dropped a monstrous 53 points on the Clippers on his 27th birthday. While he didn't exactly fill up the stat sheet, finishing the night with six rebounds and two assists, the most impressive part of this performance was the fact that Wilkins shot a blistering 76% sent from the field, hitting 19 of 25 field goal attempts on the night. The wild thing is that he actually missed almost as many free throws, five, as he did field goals, six. The Hawks defeated the Clippers by 10 points. Dominique had himself a very happy 27th birthday. And four months and six days later, I was born. What a year.
0: <gasps> what a year indeed. Look not at kind all the of, good things.
1: Yeah, not quite as cool as the exact same day as your birth, Michael Jordan doing some cool things. But I'm, right, sure, I'm sure Michael Jordan did some cool things on the day of many people's births.
0: Mm-hmm. and he also probably did bad things on all those days too
1: yeah and he took all of them personally, <laughs> all of and that's them personally. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our top western conference performances starting with a tie at number two we'll begin with the aforementioned lebron james who on december 30th of this past year uh, nearly became the first player in nba history to record a triple double on his birthday when he dropped oh. 47 points 10 rebounds and nine assists versus the atlanta hawks Shooting an extremely efficient 18 of 27 from the floor, LeBron had his wife and mom in the stands cheering him on as he continued to defy the odds in his 20th NBA season. I've said it before and I'll say it again, if there's anything that makes LeBron the goat or at the very least keeps him in the goat conversation, it's his longevity and durability. Plenty of guys, played a long time, but as I mentioned before, as much as we all love Vince Carter, the dude was a shell of his former explosive self by the time his career came to a close. LeBron, on the contrary, looks as athletic as he's ever been and the guy will turn 40 next December pretty ridiculous stuff
0: yeah yeah it's absurd the things that he has done and I also feel like if you get 47 points and 10 rebounds and nine assists there should be some sort of currency exchange where you could trade <laughs> in some points you trade for in that 10 final. points just
1: get the one assist
0: you yeah ju- like you, you blew past the 10 point yeah. minimum for a triple double 37 extra points should at convert to at least I have one no idea assist. if this was
1: the case but it would be very funny if LeBron kept passing it to people and they kept missing and he just got increasingly annoyed that he <laughs> couldn't get the last assist I could see that happening
0: ruined his entire birthday like a yeah, exactly. grumpy toddler at a party who didn't get the gift he wanted <laughs> all right
1: at number two we have the same point total for Steph Curry who on March 14th of last year dropped 47 points Six rebounds and six assists on the Wizards on his 34th birthday. Quick side note: we already kind of alluded to it before, but I did watch the Steph Curry documentary over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's called Underrated, streaming now on Apple Plus. And I should also mention that my girlfriend Celia, who is by no means an NBA fan, watched it with me and was thoroughly enthralled. So even if you're not a big mm. hoop fan or or NBA fan, I think you'll enjoy it regardless. Mm-hmm. But in any case, Steph went 16 of 25 from the field in this game and a perfect 8 of 8 from the free throw line in 35 masterful minutes on the court and uh look when Steph is cooking there are very few players who are more enjoyable to watch in the league Mm -hmm. but that brings us to the number one spot where we have the man the myth the legend the chef apparently the icy hot slash burger king slash the general slash Buick spokesman the leader of the diesel dog mafia Shaquille O'Neal On March 6, 2000, Shaq Daddy celebrated his 28th birthday in style by dropping a monstrous 61 points on the Crosstown L.A. Clippers. The even more outrageous part, Shaq also grabbed 23 rebounds. 61 and 23. That is truly a Wilt chamberlain ass stat line. The 99-2000 Lakers were steamrolling their way to a 67-15 and 15 record and an NBA championship when on March 6th, the big fella went 24-35 of 35 from the field and a predictably bad 13-22 of 22 from the free throw line should have been banking him in. Now, for those of you doing quick math out there, yes, Shaq would have scored 70 points if he had hit all of his free throws, but the history of this game is so, so, so much better than meets the eye because there is a Shaq-sized backstory filled with drama. Are you ready?
0: I'm so ready. This three
1: on three is quickly turning into a mini that actually happened. <gasps> yes. I vaguely remember at the time hearing uh, something to the effect that Shaq's teammates already knew that he had everything anyone could ever want. So for his birthday, they were like, hey, we'll just feed you the ball a lot, and you can score a lot of points on your birthday. But there's so much more to it than that. Now, there's actually an interview with Shaq about this particular game, and he starts by saying that usually on game days, the team would have a shoot-around in the morning, then he would go have lunch and take a nap, and then get ready for the game. In this case, though, it was his birthday, and the Lakers were playing the Clippers, so in Shaq's words, he didn't need to take a nap, and he was, <laughs> and he was going going to let Kobe do all the work. The plan changed when Shaq arrived at the Staples Center that evening with some friends hoping to attend the game with him. Because it was a Clippers home game, Shaq didn't have the same kind of pull that he usually did, and they were told there were no free tickets available and that he had to buy them. And I'll let you hear Shaq react to that in his own voice, followed by an accurate assessment of the situation by a reporter.
2: The Clippers charged me in the Staples Center, the center that I built. Would you want to charge me? Okay. All right, I got something for you, Clippers.
0: And he got this look in his face, and I turned to my cameraman, I said, the Clippers are in serious trouble.
2: After that, Shaq
1: pulled an MJ and took it personally, and he went on the court with a mission. Now, I think we all know that Shaq can embellish a bit at times, but his recounting of the halftime locker room conversation is phenomenal. Apparently, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on the Clippers coaching staff at the time, and Shaq kept trying to get him to look at him the whole first half, shooting skyhooks and just generally dismantling the Clippers. So at halftime, Shaq wanted no part of team basketball, he wanted to score.
2: So at halftime I said, I'm going for 70 tonight, Get it to me. Phil was talking, I said, no, we ain't doing none of that you talk about, Phil Jackson. Triangle, Schmiangle. Get it to me. I'm gonna make Mr. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar look at me. Look at me, Kareem, look at me! Even
1: Robert Ori admits in this same video that the Lakers didn't care about winning the game. They knew Shaq was on a mission and just wanted to feed him the ball as much as possible. The reporter J.A. Adande is interviewed in this video as well, and he says that as Shaq was taken out of the game with a few minutes left, he looked at him and went, don't ever make me pay for tickets. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll we'll end this segment with 30 seconds of Shaq just brutally disrespecting the Clippers. So please enjoy the dulcet tones of Shaq Daddy talking shit as the outro to my three-on-three.
2: I'm still kind of upset with Phil. It was three minutes left. He should have kept me in, but 61 was good. But it was it was something I never usually do. I usually take a nap on game day. I didn't do anything because we were playing the Clippers. Who are the Clippers? Sure. Speaking of Clippers, I don't like the fact that when you guys are, have your home games, you cover up the jerseys. Until you win, what, 16 championships, then you can start changing the rules. Don't cover up my jersey. It's, it's our builder. Don't forget that okay Okay. you All right. Y'all just leasing it. It was our building.
0: Well, what a fantastic three-on-three. Three. Well done. What a note to end on. Shaq just doing Shaq things. You love to see you it. You do. You love to hear you do. it. And now we will get into my That Actually Happened, which is less fun, but still fascinating. Okay. So if anyone watched the Women's World Cup of soccer, the true World Cup... You would know that the Spanish team won. And you also may know about that creepy gross dude Duh. who is in charge of their soccer program, who was picking people up and hugging them and kissing them and all this stuff. And the women were like, hey, we didn't like this at all. And then FIFA was like, he's gone. And then it was like, oh, he might resign. He's like, I'm not resigning. I'm not and then it's a whole thing. And he sucks. Now, this wasn't Spain's only issue with international sport competitions and people in charge of them being bad. Did you know, Adam, that in the 2000 Summer Paralympics that the Spanish team fielded 10 people without any sort of disability into the basketball competition? Oh, my God. They did get found out and the golds were removed and everything. But there was a basketball competition in the 2000 Summer Paralympics in Sydney. Specifically, this one was called Basketball ID. I believe the ID stands for intellectual disability. Now, if any of the language I use from this is outdated, I'm just going to apologize in advance because this happened in 2000. And a lot of the articles I read were written around that time. So if in 23 years, more correct terms have emerged. I apologize. I'm doing my best. I'm going to try to use all the information that I've learned recently, especially with doing my other podcast, The Newest Olympian, which also deals with ADHD, dyslexia, and other disabilities. But there were 10 people who were not disabled on this 12-man roster, and it was just ridiculous. So here's the story of Spain being the worst. Wow. So it's the 2000 Summer Paralympics in Sydney, and the way that this all came about was that one of the members on the Spanish team was named Carlos Ribagorda. Now, Ribagorda was a member of the victorious team, but he was also an undercover journalist. (laughs)
2: Whoa,
1: what? A basketball journalist? I want that to be my job.
0: So when I first heard about this, I was like, man, that sucks. I think it popped up on NBA Reddit. And then when I started looking into it to see if it would make sense for a horse episode, when I learned that the guy who broke the story went undercover, I was like, all right, this is fascinating. We got to talk about this. But he had to have been good enough at basketball to go undercover as a basketball player. Which is what's awesome. So this guy was just a reporter And apparently he had heard about some rumblings in different Paralympic competitions that sometimes people who go lie about their particular disabilities so that they can compete. And I guess he was like, well, I'm pretty good at hooping. (laughs) Let's see if the basketball team is doing this. And that is unfortunately exactly what was happening. So he was an undercover journalist and immediately after winning the gold, like right away, he ended up revealing to the Spanish business magazine called Capital or maybe Capital that most of his teammates had not undergone any sort of medical tests to ensure or to make it clear that they had any sort of disability. The IPC then investigated the claims and found that the required mental tests were not conducted by the Spanish Paralympic Committee. Ribagorda alleged that some people in other competitions, such as table tennis, track and field, and swimming, also didn't have any disabilities. So there were up to five gold medals in this one Paralympics alone, where the winners were potentially lying about their abilities. He went on to say that the Spanish Federation of Sports People with the Intellectual Disabilities, the F-E-D-D-I, deliberately chose to sign up athletes who were not disabled to, quote, win medals and gain more sponsorship money. Now, the person in charge of this group, Fernando Martín Vicente, he vehemently denies this, of course, but a lot of the reporting that I was reading... This guy super knew what was going on and had a bit of a lavish lifestyle, so uh, not surprised. So afterwards, after the investigation was complete, it was confirmed that 10 of the 12 competitors on the winning team were not disabled. Vicente had to publicly apologize for the error, and then he did end up accepting total responsibility, resigning just before the findings were officially released, which uh, proves he was super-duper innocent. Gosh. So the IPC announced that because of difficulties determining the eligibility of athletes, it was going to suspend all official activities that had intellectual disabilities. So there were these ID events in the Paralympics, Mm -hmm. and they had to put all of them on pause because of this particular situation. I don't know if there are certain ones that have come back, but at least this particular basketball one has not made its way back. This was the last time that the event was held. And a bunch of countries were really upset about this because there were... Well, yeah, think of just like ruining it for everybody else because
1: you're such an asshole.
0: Exactly. There were loads of other countries who were following the rules and giving these people an opportunity to compete at the highest level and now because people wanted some sponsorship money that the whole sport went away it really really truly sucks
1: I feel like this is like the real life version of that I never saw it but I assume to be fairly offensive Movie with Johnny Knoxville?
0: Yeah, The Ringer, I think it might have been called.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it was
0: called. Yeah, Yeah. that was something I thought of when I was putting the research for this together. I was thinking, like, isn't this just the plot of what is surely a very poorly aged Johnny Knoxville film? Like, not, not great.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, let's make Joanna man, but somehow make it yeah. more offensive. I haven't seen it, so I can't fully judge. But I mean, just hearing what you're describing, like, you know, when people use the phrase, like, there's a special place in hell for someone who does X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z.
0: Like, this feels like one of those things. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. Now, there was a really in-depth article that I will link to on the episode page of Horsesuits.com by I'm guessing it's Giles Tremlett, but if I'm pronouncing that wrong. If hey, that is I not apologize.
1: a Peaky Blinders character, I don't know who is. <laughs> Giles Tremlett. N-A-N-A.
0: Now, Giles put together a very, very thorough report of everything about this. So if you want to read up on super in depth details, here you go. And I will yeah. basically. I mean, be if
1: your name is Giles, well. you have never not put together a full report of <laughs> something.
0: So, Giles put together this very, very thorough report, and it had this great intro, like just to set the dramatic tone. And it says, quote, Spain won basketball gold at the 2000 Paralympics, or sorry, Spain won basketball gold at the 2000 Paralympics, but most of the team wasn't disabled, and they weren't the only ones. So, with the ad, they <laughs> have turned into Jason Statham halfway through. It's kind of like an unintentionally, but it's like, it's like Jason
1: Statham and Michael Kane at the same time. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So will the Athens Games starting tomorrow be any cleaner? Giles Tremley reports. <laughs> <laughs> I won't bury you. <laughs> I buried um. enough members at a Wayne family. I've never been able to really keep a consistent UK accent. I just like float through. It would be like if I was trying to do American accents and I just went to different parts of the You just go from like the Queen of England to Ali G. (laughs) Yeah, it just doesn't. Oh man, that Future 303, if we haven't done it, I'll have to double check. Gotta call dibs. Best Ali G bits, if we haven't done that, I call dibs.
1: Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen I'm sure we've referenced and linked to some of those before, but uh, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, the Kobe one might take the cake. Uh, yeah. I still like when he accuses Richard Jefferson of his dad, the president, getting him into the NBA.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Thomas Jefferson. All the nepotism involved.
0: <laughs> anyway. Okay. Anyway, here is the summary of Giles' reporting. So he talks a little bit about Ribagorda, saying how he doesn't appear to be someone who has any sort of mental disability and that's because he doesn't have them kind of setting the tone there and what I really appreciated about the reporting and then also Reba Gorda himself is that not only did he alert people about what had happened but he also returned his jersey and he gave back the 150 pounds of spending money that he had been given because as he explained he was one of the people on the team who didn't have any sort of disability he just signed up because people wanted him to boost his chances of winning the medal, but he wanted to do it for the reporting. Hmm. Now, apparently, Paralympic cheating happens just like in... The Olympics, and it wasn't just the Spanish team, according to Ribagorda. he had these reportings of these other teams as well. And he says, Ribagorda, that he was invited to train in Madrid with the basketball team five months before the Sydney Games. And when he was invited, he saw an opportunity for the journalistic scoop. He says, quote, "There were five months of training with not a single disabled person in sight. The two genuinely disabled players came from outside Madrid." He went on to say that some of his new teammates had already been to a world championship in Brazil, and Ribagorda himself went to Portugal with the team. But the big prize was Sydney. About this, he said, quote, I think people saw it as a free trip to Australia. There was even some pride at wearing the Spanish team jerseys. So just... There should be no pride involved in any of this. Absolutely none.
1: Also, the idea that by virtue of this, that means 10 people who should have been able to have this
0: experience didn't get to. Right. And I also wonder, what did the other two people on the team think? Like, the two people who did have disabilities, what did they think about this?
1: Yeah, it's almost weirder that there were two people who did have disabilities versus just 12 people who all did not, and it was just, like, all part of the ruse.
0: Yeah. Now, apparently, in the first match, they just blew the doors off of the team that they played against. Now, one of the other articles I read did note that that team that they did destroy— also lost by significant margins to a couple of other teams. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wasn't like as clear at that moment, like, hey, this team is way too good. But according to Giles' reporting, they were ordered by their coach to ease up on the scoring because they were up by 30 plus at halftime. Right. So. Okay, hey,
1: let's, uh, you're, we're giving ourselves away. Yeah.
0: Not a good look. but. According to Giles, he says, but their biggest mistake was to win gold. Uh, Mm -hmm. He says that the biggest problem there is that you're putting more notoriety on the team. So apparently what happened is that after they won, there was a photo in Madrid newspapers, as you would have. And... That is when the rumors started to circulate because some players, including the coach, were recognized and people saw that photo and go, wait a second, I know that guy. I didn't know he had any sort of mental disability. That doesn't make any sense. What's going on? So what these players were told, I guess because this was a concern, they were apparently advised by particular Spanish officials to wear dark glasses and hats and to grow beards so that they could pass unnoticed when they returned triumphantly home at the airport. So this picture gets... What, as if none of them have families or people who know them? Like, I don't understand. And also, it's in the newspaper. You think the newspaper is probably going to list the names of the people in the photo?
1: (laughs) What a weird thing.
0: But these officials are like, hey, guys, when you land in the airport so people don't recognize you, wear some different stuff.
1: It's like a little kid trying to get extra Halloween candy. Just like put it
0: on a Groucho Marx mustache. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. So all of this is going on. Then Reba Gorda did his whistleblowing and, you know, any sort of cover-up is just going to explode at this point. And that is the point where Vicente, the person in charge, and I believe he was in charge of, like, the basketball team, but then also, like, the whole Spanish thing, too. So it was it was just a, a really, really bad look. He protested his innocence. And then, as I said before, once it became very clear that he was guilty, resigned just before the results came out.
1: Now, there's no chance that Ribagorda like, cleverly got found out, and then was like, oh, I was a journalist the whole time.
0: I don't think so because of the nature in which it happened. Mm -hmm. Like, he, from what I was reading here, and obviously I I can't read his report because I don't speak Spanish or read Spanish. If anyone wants to go the extra mile and read Reba Gorda's original article.
1: It would be weird if you could read Spanish but not speak it. I
0: don't know. Look, there's got to be at least somebody out there. But from what I was looking up here, it feels like he... Being a journalist as well kind of went in knowing that he was going to look into this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it was just like him being like, oh, no, I got to salvage this bad situation. We found ourselves in guys. So the article goes on to talk about like what happened in the greater shakeout. But honestly, it's just a lot of people being like, hey, this sucked. Like it's just various quotes of people being like, we hate this. I really didn't like this. So that's the story. Obviously, it is a sad one. But it's, you know, it sucks so much. But shout out to Carlos Ribagorda for, you know, bringing it to light, tearing it down, and seeing an opportunity to combine his skills of journalism and basketball. That actually happened. And now,
1: well, first of all, great work and uh, an amazing, albeit kind of depressing story. But Mm -hmm. I think I've just learned that I never knew that I wanted to be, but I think I want to be a basketball detective.
0: Yeah. That seems like a job. Right. It's not basketball journalist. It's basketball
1: detective. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But like, detective that actually solves crimes, like Encyclopedia Brown, you know, really getting out there and solving the stuff. I wonder if that could ever happen now. Like, is there, I don't know if there, like, you know, if there could be a current player who actually Yeah, like a- Holmes and C.J. Watson. is Oh, <laughs> that is about the deepest pull. C.J. Watson. Now that's a name that can get you some points on Immaculate Grid. Was there ever a, a basketball, an NBA player or a WNBA player with the last name Holmes? Probably. doesn't seem like that uncommon a name. Oh, obviously. In the league right now, Rashawn Holmes.
1: Rashawn Holmes <laughs> and C.J. Watson. There you go.
0: <laughs> okay, so here's what we got to do. We got to get to Rashawn Holmes. And we got to be like... <laughs> Rashawn,
1: <laughs> I think CJ's got
0: time. I don't think he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, dude. how old is CJ Wazza? He's well out of the league. <laughs> he's thirty nine. He's doing. He's yeah. he's got time.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Well, whew, oh. that
1: was quite a quite a journey.
0: Yeah, I mean it's interesting stuff. I would certainly encourage people to check out Giles's expert reporting, and if you can read Spanish, Carlos Rubigorda's as well. But I thought it was a very interesting story. Obviously not. The, a happy one but at least like a good true crime stuff when the right. people get found out in the end i'll at least take yeah. it because i don't like true crime yeah. murder stuff but i'll i'm here for the stuff where it's like oh you know like the fire festival thing where it's right. like it sucked and mm-hmm. then they got in trouble it's like good <laughs> we'll take <And> it. <laughs> i would have gotten away with
1: it too if it wasn't for you meddling basketball detectives <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh fantastic fantastic Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Adam Amawala and Mike Schubert. Our editor is Kensei Suramaki. The music is by Bettina Kapomanes. The website is by Kelly Schubert. The art is by Allison Wakeman. And the social media is by both of the Horse Boys.
1: Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury. Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Roast Beef Debris, How About Them, World Champion, Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curry's documentary is really good and I highly recommend it. We're not being paid by Apple, bang. Bang. but we'll take their money if they offer it to us. Hey, Hi on, Trish! <laughs> Nicole Shepard, subby boardman gets paid, Chase Underulo, Mr. Bubbles plays ball, naked Rachel, Sydney Crosby is a vampire, Ginger Spurs boy and Josh isn't rich. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at horse underscore hoops because
0: Horse Hoops was the person in charge of the clippers who made Shaq pay for those tickets.
1: Oof. Bad luck you mess around with the big dog you're gonna get bit you know what i'm saying yes yes Uh, you're gonna get bit like 60 times (laughs) 61 to be exact 61 no respect for my even number proclivities i mean that's why
0: that's why honestly that's why i said 60 i didn't want to i didn't want to you know put you on edge And if you want to support the Horse Boys, you can do so by going to Patreon.com/HorseHoops, where you can get bonus audio, you can get bonus texts, you can get bonus video, all sorts of fun stuff there. You can get the merch. We just did send off a whole mess of merch, so if you want stickers mm-hmm. or jerseys, you can do so there. And if you want just a Sub Nerds basketball shirt, you can go to HorseHoops.com/merch. There's also digital merchandise there. But we're gonna- yeah,
1: exactly. We might have gone out of order here, but if I didn't say it before, mm-hmm. go to HorseHoops.com for links to a lot of the fun stuff we talked about today. Including as many highlights as I could compile of all those birthday games, as well as the amazing Shaq interview that you'll hear a few clips of, but I'll put the uh, full interview there for everybody to listen to. But I think there's only one way to properly outro this episode, and it is with a, uh, a congrats Nicole. Yeah, I
0: think that's pretty good. I think we say congrats Nicole on the count of three. All right. All right. One, two, three. Congrats Congrats, congrats Nicole. Nicole. You did it. You did it. And now you get to get to the best part of a wedding. Not having to prepare for the wedding anymore. There you go. (laughs) The true relief. You You don't have a job again (laughs) (laughs) anymore. You just have your regular job. (laughs) And I guess the love is good too. Yeah, Yeah,
2: yeah. the love's
1: great. (laughs)